When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Finishing up here on Take Command, thanks again to Nikki Jabvala for joining us from the Washington Post. Uh, Curtis Samuel back on the field today, Logan, and that's obviously a very positive sign. He was on the side field on Friday uh, and didn't participate in the uh, you know the most of Saturday's practice out at FedEx Field. So, what is it like? Where are you at with him? Basically, is I guess what I want to ask. Like between your uh, football playing career and and expertise and your strength and conditioning expertise, uh, how much are you buying what they're selling with Curtis Samuel? And where are you at on? what he's doing at this stage of the game. Yeah, so let's just talk about Saturday's practice real quick because that's been, like, the most dynamic he's looked since uh, OTAs, I want to say. So first off, like, you know he's fast. Everyone talks about how fast he is. He runs a 4-3-1, whatever. But seeing him on the field and seeing what that speed does to a defense, you're just like, dang. You know, like, uh, he was matched up in the slot against Benjamin St. Just, and Benjamin St. Just has been kind of giving Jahan a tough time when he's in the slot. And Curtis gets out there, and he's just so explosive. Like, he just... I don't. He just kind of blew past Benjamin St. Juice, you know, in a way that is, uh, you know, unique to probably only him in terms of guys that can do that on the roster. And it's not like he's got Terry's kind of linear speed. He's got that powerful start. He can kind of get in and out of cuts really explosively, throw his feet down in a nice way. And I just thought, like, maybe I was undervaluing his skill set, you know what I mean, just because he hasn't played in a while. And, like, what it did for the offense in terms of just – creating awesome matchups you know you've got in on this specific play like Jahan's on the right side by himself um Curtis is in the slot to the left and Terry's out wide to the left and to see Curtis just blow by that dude Jahan work his route running savvy on the other guy on the outside on early on the outside with his like kind of false stem and blow by him like it was just like I'm like man you've got all these weapons here and, um, and then for him to score a touchdown and kind of see that timing element with Carson was great. And the amount of separation he's able to create, because I think that's another thing that he's really good at. So um, I, I'm i more excited now after seeing him practice a little bit. He hasn't really practiced in training camp. And so seeing that yesterday, seeing him out there again today, is, is I think is positive. Um, you know, obviously I'm concerned from like a strength and conditioning standpoint that the injury is still even like we're even talking about it, quite frankly. You know, it's right. been... 12 months so you know you'd like to think that this thing would have cleared up and he should be fine I understand giving guys rest days but usually rest days are like oh hey you're doing indie today you're doing four reps of team and then you're done for the day so you're still practicing but you're not uh you know like kind of grinding through practice the way everybody else is so with him uh the fact that he's getting complete days off on the side field and he looks good on the side field running routes like so that's fine but it is something that um is 
is slightly concerning, you know, and I'm going to watch that very, very closely anytime he misses, anytime whatever, but at least this is the first day in a long time that he's been able to stack a couple days in a row, and I think that's um, that's pretty important. Yeah, definitely. Um, tight end is obviously an important position for this team. We, we've spent almost an undue amount of time on it, uh, but there's been a lot to talk about, and unfortunately, that's continued uh, in, in ways that are bad, but it's also created some more good. Uh Cole, uh, Cole Turner and Curtis yeah. Hodges. Almost got my, my guys back backwards there. Yeah. Uh, but Turner and Hodges, that's a way to keep it simple and straight. Uh, those guys both out with injuries today, which leaves more room for Armani Rodgers to step up. And uh, what does he do? Steps up, looks great. Like, what what kind of competition are we talking about? It seems like Cole Turner's got the lead as long as he's healthy and, and is good. And, you know, Bates obviously getting back in the mix today. Uh, his spot's pretty safe. And then we'll see with Logan Thomas coming off of Pup eventually. But it seems like they've just got a ton of options at tight end and all of them could be legitimate potential NFL players. Yeah. I think that's the crazy thing about it is cause like, you know, first like, you know, Cole gets hurt, then Curtis steps up and in the game on Saturday, he had two balls thrown to him and he's running, he's six, eight man. And like to see him kind of break down and do that crossover shimmy that like Jordan used to do on like a vertical seam route and get cam curl out of position. And like the ball was a little late. So cam curl made an, Excellent defensive play to knock it down. So props to Cam Curl. He doesn't need any more props. But to see a guy who's 6'8 do that, I was just like, holy cow. And then he did it later on a seam in practice, and he, the ball wasn't thrown in. But you're like, that guy is a mismatch weapon. If, and he's so young, and he's blocking his face off. And then you find out that he pulls his hamstring. So Armani gets more reps. And Armani has been making some noise in practice the last couple days. He's He's pretty physical in line. He's technically not very sound. Obviously, he played quarterback, but like he's very, very physical, right? He's got a guy in the room in Logan Thomas who's made the same kind of switch. And again, a guy who's very, very raw. His route running's raw. His blocking's raw. But he's he runs like a four-five or something like that, like a low four-five for a man who's six-five, two hundred thirty pounds. He looks like a receiver at times out there in terms of just taking the top off and adding some juice to the uh, offense. And he's come up and just answered the bell. And so from a from a battle that I thought, oh, it's it's Bates, it's probably Cole, maybe Curtis squeaks in there. Now it's like, is it Curtis? Is it is it Sam East? Is it, um, is it Armani? Like, that's what it yeah. becomes now. And I think that's the thing that's, like, so absolutely mind-bending at the position. Like, I've never, in 10 years, I've talked to a whole bunch of people I've never seen or heard of any position group that's this deep, you know, and it's not like they're all going to come out and be starters day one, but like to have that kind of talent pool and for two undrafted guys and a guy you got in the fifth round, like someone up in the front office there knows what they're looking for when they're looking for tight ends and guys that fit this offense. And you mentioned Bates, like we got to talk about Bates just for one second. Like today's his first day back. I saw him put his hands on Montez sweat and like throw him to the ground. Like he was a rag doll. And there are, there's maybe one tight end in the NFL who can do that. And he's on the commander's roster. And so, like, that dude's skill set, he's probably the best blocking tight end in the NFL. And he's also got some nice route running nuance to him. So, like, I just look at this room, I'm like, holy cow, man. And they're all young dudes who can play football. So, again, if there's a bright spot, it's the depth of that position. So, two things. One, because uh, Montez was chirping last week, how dare you put a tight end on me? What was the reaction of the offense when uh, all of a sudden there was a tight end on, on Montez and things went a little bit differently? Yeah, you know, it's because I'm watching it. I'm watching the film, you know, because I don't watch practice because I'm doing the show. But I would imagine Montez felt some type of way about that because it was very aggressive. You know what I mean? Like it was like hands inside. Like Bates had been waiting for a couple weeks. Yeah, Bates got his hands inside. 
Bates got his hand inside. Excellent hand placement on the outside number. And Montez, could, I could see him thinking about peeling back inside. And Bates just gave him a nice pull with the left, push with the right. And, and Montez's base just went completely because he couldn't handle it from the trunk standpoint. And uh, he fell on the ground. And I just was like, that is, there's one dude playing tight end in the NFL who can do that to that guy. And he's on this team. And so that's, again, like props to Bates. Like, He's been yeah. on the he's been on the sideline for a long time with his calf injury and now he's back. So, I mean, again, like I'm biased, but I'm trying to tell everyone that's listening that this is not a usual situation to have. I mean, really, five young players: Bates, Samis, Hodges, Turner, Armani, all together on the roster, and then have one of the maybe top ten, top fifteen guy in Logan Thomas when he's healthy. Like that's a very unique situation. So, who makes the roster? Who goes to practice squad? I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, then you talked about like they know what they're looking at at tight end. Like they have a type, and that was the thing that stood out to me on Friday being there. I was just like, these guys are huge. Like Rogers is enormous, and he's the smallest of the three that I was right. watching. You know, yeah. with Cole Turner and, and Curtis Hodges, like they are long, they are lean, they are strength, you know, powerful. They, they look like move, a basketball like, team. They look like they a basketball really do. Team. I mean, that's exactly. They look like a bunch of small forwards. It's wild to watch them be out there and like, especially when they're on in their their individual drills because yeah. it's like, okay, that position group, that whoa, who are those yeah, monsters? Yeah. Like what what like if you knew nothing about football and you just came to practice <laughs> and you want to start watching like one group, like that's the group you'd be drawn to because they're so freaking enormous. Yeah, it, it's crazy and like and so it'll be interesting this preseason. Like the battle was interesting for the top three. Now it's who gets left out. Who makes it the practice squad? Because like if I was a team, and again they don't have access to the information we have access to, but like I'm taking wh- whoever they whoever they put down, I'm going to take a really hard look at and try to get them on my team. Yeah, but because they don't have that information, and we'll try not to overpublish this part of the podcast, <laughs> uh, give them that information. Not that they take our word necessarily. They might they might take yours. You you kind of played ten years in the league at uh, that position, uh, but you know because they were undrafted or fifth rounder, like the fifth rounder seems like you probably got to get him on the roster, but the undrafted guys were undrafted. So whatever the reason they didn't make it in the first place, you can probably sneak them on. But where people do have that information is pregame or uh, preseason. And so if, if all of a sudden a couple of these guys go out and go nuts in the preseason, that that's when it gets harder to stash someone. Yeah. And I think, and so, in some ways, it's good that you got Cole Turner maybe not going to play a ton. You got uh, Curtis Hodges maybe not going to play a ton because the hamstring. Um, and the crazy thing, it's not like they're doing this against the backups. Like, they're starting. And, you know, Armani's right. starting this week with the ones. And so, again, just a very impressive group. And, uh, you know, I, I know I'm biased because I played the position. But, man, like, that's that's a pretty pretty special group, you know. Yeah, speaking of preseason, let's wrap up with the Mailbag Monday question from Ethan. And we'll spend a lot more time. We, today was a very offensive-heavy podcast. We'll do a lot more on the yeah, defense sorry. on Thursday. Um, but this was a great question. Uh, Ethan on Instagram hit me and said, I was wondering how the game week prep going into a preseason game differs from a regular season game. And I thought that was a good question. Um, and I also you know, talked about this, or we've been talking a lot about where the game plan situation is 
in general with this team right now? Like, how much are they working on us, so to speak, uh, versus trying to game plan uh, for the other side of the ball? And I talked about that on Friday with Chris Harris after practice, and he said, right now we're pretty much just working on us. And, like, you know, if a situation comes up in film study where we didn't have the, the, the right thing in, maybe we'll mention it. It's a good teaching opportunity and say, hey, we'll get to that later. Here's how we might handle it and introduce it. But largely, we're just working on us right now. So from a, a preparation standpoint and from, you know, kind of that game plan standpoint, how are, how is, how are things different preseason versus regular season? And also, what does it mean not to game plan? Because I think that, that concept in itself is also confusing for people. All right, so you've asked a whole bunch of questions there. And, you know, I have. If we had an hour, let's start, let's start with talk. that. Let's, let's start with, <laughs> okay. like, game what's planning. the difference in game planning versus not? Like, at the end of the day, you're running plays. Like, what does it mean to, quote-unquote, have a game plan versus we're working on us. Yeah, so, okay. So, usually, if you do not have a game plan, you're just installing plays. And usually when you install plays, you start at kind of like the most fundamental formation, most fundamental concept, and then you stack those concepts and you stack those formations throughout training camp. So the simplest day is day one, maybe day two, and then the hardest day is probably like your 10th day, 9th day, however many installs you have. Like Kyle would have... I think 11 installs and I think they do like nine here so a little bit different but obviously like that's just like going to school you're going to class like we start with the letter a we go to letter b and then by the end of the week we've got 26 letters in and we know how to turn them into words like that's kind of installing and so when you're doing that that's just the offense when you're game planning what you're doing is you're saying this is what the defense does on first and second down, this is what they do on third down. This is what they do in the red zone in these specific categories. These are the plays from that alphabet that we want in to beat these coverages, to beat these blitzes, to beat this personnel. And you're very selective in terms of how you do that. And you end up with probably, you know, you have, I don't know, let's say 200 plays in that you've installed and variations with formations. On game day, you might have 70, right? Something like that. And so, again, it's, it's very specific to the team. And the idea that you're not game planning for somebody is basically like going into a fight blind. So, like, just as an example, like, you might be installing your cover three beaters on day four, right? So, cover three, you got your three in the back, right? And the defense might be installing quarters. And so, you would never run any of those cover three beaters versus quarters, but that's what's going on on that install day, and that's what the defense is running. And because that's what our defense does, they don't run a lot of cover three, they're more middle field open type stuff. So, you're going to have days like that. We had days like that with Kyle. So, the fact you're going in not game planning, it puts you in these weird situations. So, like, let's say Scott Turner, for example, comes out and empty, and he, and he stacks all the skill guys to the left and the big skill to the right. Like, you don't have an adjustment for that in because you haven't game-planned, you haven't studied the opponent, you didn't know that was coming, so you just kind of got to make a decision on the fly. That's not how you want to play football, that's not how you want to play defense in the NFL. So that's kind of what's going on there, right? Now, that kind of leads very nicely into our second question, which is, what is the preseason and how do you kind of prep for these games? So, in a regular season, you have, you come in on Wednesday, you install kind of day one, in, like your, your runs, your first and second down runs, your first and second down passes, your play passes, maybe a screen. And the defense kind of does first and second down, same thing. And then as you go through the week, it gets more complicated, more specific. In a preseason, you might not install at all. You might not install a second. You'll just be like, hey, we're running day one and day two install. And that's what we're doing today for this week. Because what the team is really thinking about is they're already installing for Jacksonville. They're watching Jacksonville tape from last year. They're kind of trying to anticipate what they're doing. They're setting up their first and second down stuff, and they're doing that now. So they don't really care about 
the Panthers, they want people to go out and have a good time in terms of knowing what to do. And the best way to do that is just to keep it simple. And they probably have some type of gentleman's agreement between the two head coaches saying, hey, we're not going to bring you know fire zones this week. So don't really worry about installing any protections that deal with fire zones. And then you can kind of dap each other up and say, great, because now we can evaluate our talent evenly, right? In the second preseason game, that's when you'll do a bigger install because it's like your dress week for the game. You'll, you'll kind of go through your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday install, or your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday install, and then the, the defense will kind of have a regular game plan. You'll be ready to go. But for this game against the Panthers, it's going to be a cake install. They'll probably have 50 plays in, maybe 45, and it'll be really, really straightforward. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, of course, that also means that there isn't such thing as a pregame uh, or a set way to get ready for a preseason game because it changes week to week. You know, sure. what, what you're looking for week one is different than week two, which is going to be different than week three, depending on starters, reserves, what you're trying to evaluate, who you're trying to get looks at. Because maybe you do a little bit of game planning, you know, if that, that third week and, you know, there's a position battle at tight end and you want to see the tight ends run similar plays, you might be like, all right, we're going to make sure that we get a look for Curtis Hodges doing this and also for Armani Rogers doing this. Like the, there are things you can manipulate within any specific game. You just have to make sure the team is ready to do it. And that's the extent of the, the pre-planning and game planning beforehand. And as Logan said, obviously once you get into the regular season, it is very based on your opponent. I don't, I don't know how much uh, looking at Jacksonville last year will help you though, because uh, urban, urban Myers, his staff. there. <laughs> So they're probably looking yeah. at what they did in. They're probably See, looking yeah. at uh, what what uh, Peter what Doug Peterson did in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like that's how you would prep. You'd start. Yep. Everyone says, "Well, how do you know?" Like you're looking at what his offense was in Philly. You're looking at his personnel. You're looking at the OC. You're looking at the DC and their past history because they're all new there. So you're not watching Jacksonville tape necessarily. You're watching Philadelphia tape. Yeah, you might watch some for personnel, but yeah, and then like yeah, Mike Caldwell's right. the defensive coordinator. So you watch you watch Bucks tape because he was under Bowles there and some of the stuff that 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 staff has done before all right uh that's it for this show thanks again to nikki for coming on we back on thursday i got a couple things we're working on uh also by the way ryan kerrigan update uh ryan got pulled into a meeting when we were going to record over the weekend so because he's coaching obviously yeah he's he's they haven't made any kind of official announcement maybe we can get ryan to at least give us the scoop when that's going to happen like let let me come out of retirement for for 30 seconds and break some news come on kerrigan throw me a bone uh but we'll uh hopefully still catch up with ryan at some point but it's exciting to see him out there and uh kind of have that veteran presence that we thought would be super helpful for that room even if he's doing it while not having to put on the pads uh so we'll see you on thursday make sure you're subscribed uh if you haven't done that if you're just finding us for the first time through nikki's work uh we're here every Monday and Thursday. Just subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or in the always free Odyssey app, and we'll come to you at the very least twice per week. For Logan, I'm Craig. We'll see you on Thursday on Take Command.